what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech. It's our ongoing discussion show about technology here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of the two brothers in tech that you'll be hearing from during the episode. And as I look across the the Zoom channel across the United States <laughs> to my co-host, my the other brother in tech, my brother in tech is uh, Brian Jackson. How you doing, Brian? Alan, I'm doing doing pretty well. Um, it is uh, it is always fun to to get on these calls with you and talk tech as we well quite honestly do we ever talk about anything other than technology so well no I mean that all this podcast is is, is just an excuse for us to do what we always do naturally anyway which right. is just sit around and talk about technology and uh, now we're just doing it in a little more of a, a little more of a structured format so that's all yeah you would think that I check in with you about your family and about everything else but. They're fine. only only fine. yeah only if there's some sort of technology connection right I mean, <laughs> that would be great have, have they got yeah, any gonna, new tech I'll, lately well listen when we sign off the show I'll tell you about the uh, the new game system that my kids okay. looking All at right, so I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit yeah um, this is brothers in tech so Brian and I get together we we're here really serving as a resource for uh, and you know who you are out there those of you that are either the go to default IT person in your family or circle of friends. You know, the person that you know, gets those phone calls all the time or text messages about how do I make something work or my computer's not working or I can't get on the internet, whatever it may be. Or maybe you're the one making the phone calls or placing those emergency texts and you'd like to become a little more self-sufficient and know some of this on your own. Either way, we are here. Welcome to the Brotherhood of Tech. We're glad to have you here with us. We've been going through these last several months kind of exploring a different topic of home and family technology that we want to explore. And we're starting, Brian, a whole new brand, brand new series this month where we're excited about. Well, you're excited about. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain why. We're going to talk about using technology towards health and fitness. Mm. Now, yes. Got to go ahead and just give a little background before we dig into this this topic and, and the the uh, following episodes we're going to have in this topic area. Uh, health and fitness, it is an important aspect of you know how technology can be used these days. There's some great new and emerging technologies and ones that have been around for a while that can really help you monitor your own health and fitness levels. Now, I'm uh, I'm going to play <laughs> a little more of the passive role in this uh, ep- series of shows, I'm, I'm sure. Not because I don't feel like health and fitness is important. I do, but I am definitely not anywhere near uh, as uh, oh, experienced say in it. the whole health say and it. fitness area. Say I just, it. Knowledgeable. Look, say I, it. Experienced. Say it. I, I don't have it. Brian, I'm going to give it to you this time. This is your topic. This is your This is your area, man. This is your wheelhouse. Uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Brian's a professor, but he, he teaches kinesiology, which, you know, is about motion and activity. You've been tennis coach, you've been, uh, you know, a lot of different roles and coaches in that area. So this is, this is your, this is your, uh, your show, man. This is my, I'm really I've been, I've been training the one asking questions. Yeah. I've been training 10 months for this, right? I mean, we, we, we are kind of in our 10 month, 10th month of this show and I've just been training for this month for this series of, uh, of yeah. episodes. I'm so happy. I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy to be able to bring things up that, honestly, you'll have no idea if I'm telling you the truth or not. And it's going to be That's awesome. True. It's going to be awesome. It's true. I'm not going to spot check you on anything, really. You just tell me whatever, whatever the deal is, and I will believe you <laughs> at this point. So we are going to talk health and fitness when it comes to technology. And uh, what we're going to do first in this episode is we're going to talk a little bit more about specifically the, the, what you may hear about a, a form of technology called wearables. And what that means is basically devices or pieces of technology that you are able to wear that are meant for serving several purposes, especially when it comes to the uh, world of health and fitness. Before we get into our topic, Brian, just as a reminder to everybody, this is our show on the mesh.tv podcast network. 
you are able to go back and listen to old episodes or subscribe to this show if you're just joining us for the first time. And that ensures that every time we put out a new episode of me and Brian rambling about technology, you guys will get that sent to you automatically if you're a subscriber. So uh, do us a favor and go uh, subscribe or rate and review the show uh, if you enjoy what we're talking about or get anything out of this at all. We're uh, just happy for the feedback and support on that. So, Brian, let's talk uh, health and fitness. Let's talk about wearables in the world of health and fitness. Kind of, and there are actually different types of things you can that are considered wearables, right? I mean, yeah. it's not yeah. just the the watches. What What are some other things that we could start with if we're looking at devices that to help us with our health and fitness needs? Yeah. So i I think I think it's kind of cool for us to maybe step back just a minute and and talk about how how did we get here with this idea of wearables and okay. you know many you know many years ago the only wearable there really was when it came to fitness if you weren't talking about a high kind of research type device that was going to be put on you know an e, uh, EKG or an EMG or something that was going to be done in a laboratory setting but the only thing that actual consumers would have on a day to day basis would be maybe a pedometer. And a pedometer, you know, is just a simple device that all it's doing is measuring the number of steps uh, or impacts that you're taking throughout the day. So we've all heard about the, what, 10,000 steps a day, right? That's been around for a long time, that everybody should be taking 10,000 steps a day. Is, Alan, that, you're looking I mean, is, that, human, is that humanly possible? I didn't, I didn't know that was a... I didn't know that was a standard we should be trying to reach. That is by day, Alan. We're not talking about week here, right? What? <laughs> a day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, you know, getting out of your chair and actually taking steps um, were seen as a positive thing, right? So, the good um, thing I didn't have my coffee in my mouth at that moment when you said that because <laughs> it would be all over the screen right now. No, yeah. no, no, I've heard 10,000. I, I joke, I've heard 10,000 steps. Yes. You never hit it, but you've heard about it, right? No, no, but, but I've, I've heard it, yeah. So, a pedometer is, again, it's a, you know, it's almost like a little counter, right? And in the simplest ones were ones you would put on your uh, on your waist, on your um, on your belt. You know, they uh, Nike had some initially that you could put on your shoe. Uh, you would have some eventually that go on your wrist, and all of it, all it was doing was telling you how many steps have you taken, and it was kind of developing this feedback, uh, this feedback cycle, right? Let me let me tell you more about what you're doing so that you can hopefully recognize if you are progressing, if you're going in the right direction, which. Sure really caused kind of this great, you know, fitness craze that, uh, that we see now, which is give us data, right? Give us information about what our body is doing. And from a kinesiology perspective, we think that's good, right? We want people to understand what their body is doing, what it's not doing, what it should be doing. Um, but there also can be kind of this information overload, right? If you're getting too much info, but, you know, we'll get to that a little later. Uh, but I think pedometers were kind of step one, right? It was a really simple way of getting steps. And then technology got better. And now we all know that we're in places where you can get uh, a wristband, uh, mm -hmm. fitness bands, uh, fitness watches, um, which are kind of the most popular thing at this point in time. It's something to put on your wrist. Uh, and we'll talk about why uh, that's the case in a little bit. Um, some other creative ones that I haven't actually tried. I'm not sure if you have, Alan. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> of course you haven't tried it, but um, <laughs> yeah, there is, uh, there's actual headphones, earbuds, right? Some of there's some wireless earbuds that will have sensors that use the inner ear to be able to do things like heart rate and all of that, um, which is kind of, kind of nice. So um, that kind of device would double also as a, uh, you know, your, your traditional headphones listening, yeah, but it's yeah. also monitoring inside the ear at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's giving, it can give you temperature, which of course, you know, we know we use inner ear sometimes for temperature measures with kids. Um, but also, uh, yeah, it's also can give you heart rate, which is kind of a creative way because it was a big push for a while of saying, well, wearables are, wearables are really cool what's the best way or unique way to get someone to wear something, right? So yeah. what are all the things that we wear that we're going to wear all the time that we can get this information? And um, so obviously watches were important. They started thinking earbuds because those are non-obtrusive. Non They're not going to have any effect on what's going on. One I think is incredibly creative and I really do want to try it, but I haven't yet um, is there's even a ring, like an actual ring to yeah. go on your finger that is a really oh, right. small sensor, and uh, uh, that one can be used for some pretty simple uh, 
you know, temperature, I think, uh, heart rate, uh, but then also it's uh, it's a sleep measure, which is kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. so there's a number of different wearables. I think we're going to spend most of our time on the watches and the bands yeah. because I think those are the ones that have have uh, gained enough of an audience and seem to be reliable enough that people are actually willing to use it. Um, so, Brian, is, I, is is it safe to say that most of these wearable items are? really just meant for still just collecting data. I mean, you know, many of these you don't really do a lot of interacting with. Right. Um, You know, definitely the pedometers were just tracking things, the earbuds and the rings. I mean, obviously you're not interacting with them. They're really just meant to be on your body in a way. So they're going to collect data and feed it to your your phone, your laptop, wherever it may be. Right, right. right. They're basically sensors, right? We have a number of sensors that we can use, a wearable sensor Mm -hmm. that's just going to sense things as you're doing them to try to give you data about what you did um, and how you did it. Um, Now, the watch is a little different, and I think that's why that one has kind of taken off a little bit more is that it gives you more of a computer opportunity where you can actually interact and say, you know, start time, stop time, you know, uh, do this particular activity and, and kind of recognize a little bit more about what's going on. So, so I'd certainly say the watches, the watches and the bands have kind of risen to the top as being the form factor that is the, uh, the most popular. It's the, uh, probably the most useful. Um, okay. I would, I would say now that we're just, while we're talking about form factor, Alan, I don't know. So you have a, you have a watch, right? You have an Apple Watch. I do. I have an Apple Watch. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you had had you had any watches before that? Any sort of bands that you would use, like okay. Fitbits or anything? Yep. Okay. I didn't have any of the health bands. I didn't have any other health tracker. Really, the the watch is the first thing I've used that is tracking my my anything on me, except for when I, um, the phone was doing it sometimes right. naturally, right. not as effectively. I, I think. If you just yep. use your phone for tracking steps or activity, it's not as useful because it doesn't quite have the same activity level and motion yep. that your yep. that your other parts body parts would. But it at least was something before I got the watch. Yeah, and now it's just the watch is all I have. Yeah, I and mean, I'm glad you brought up the the phone because I guess I probably should have mentioned. Now, technically, that's not a wearable, but that was kind of the original way of being your sensor. Right. When everybody started carrying their phone around and companies started realizing, oh, wait a minute, we have a we have a device in here that's going to be able to tell us when it's moving. So let's keep track of steps from your phone because we know you have your phone on you all the time. So it became an extension, almost like a wearable. But then people realize, well, that's really hard to do when you're working out. That's really hard to do, like if you're sleeping at night. So is there something else we could put on them as a sensor that would help us get that same data? Um, mm-hmm. do you wear your watch at night or do you charge? Um, so I started, yes, I did start doing that with the okay. latest, um, iOS or watch OS update yep. uh, that was yep. doing some, some level of sleep, sleep tracking. I changed my schedule to where I wear my watch during the evening and then I just let it recharge in the morning when I'm getting a shower and yep. getting ready yep. for the day. Yeah. And I would, and I bring that up because that's, you know, if, if I step back a minute and see what are the companies trying to do when they're figuring out what form factor to use, like are you using a watch or using a ring or using something that's how I think one of the biggest challenges is, you know, is someone going to wear it at night because a big watch wearing at night to me is very uncomfortable. I really don't like wearing my watch at night. I love the idea that I could and I'd get sleep mm-hmm. data and all of that. Um, but that's become one of the kind of problems with a watch for me. Right. That's where something like a ring is really intriguing. You know, if I was wearing a ring, I wouldn't even know I'm wearing it. It could be telling me information about uh, sleep patterns, you know, maybe a a necklace. You know, I'm trying to think what are all the ways that people could get sensors on us that wouldn't be obtrusive, that would tell us what's going on. And, uh, you know, that's why the small bands have become kind of a, a, a popular way of going about it rather than a big honking watch. You've got a small band. It's not that, you know. I love that concept. I love the idea of the ring because, yeah, Mm -hmm. the watch, I mean, I got used to it after a few days of sleeping with the watch on. Uh, It doesn't really bother me now anymore, but it was a little awkward at first. And uh, I'd still rather it be charging all night. So I have it for the whole day the next day. But um, the ring's interesting. I I know I've seen a couple of uh, articles online about that, but I haven't really explored it at all. Yeah. Well, so 
I think if someone was jumping into it, because we're going to we're going to take today's uh, kind of episode and we'll break it down between. All right. If you're someone who's looking to get into the fitness wearable world, what are the considerations you need to make? So we'll talk a little bit about the different things that go into it. But first one is going to be that form factor, right? Are you someone who is, do you like wearing a watch? Are you comfortable wearing it? Because again, the whole purpose of this is that you're going to be wearing it most of the day if you're really wanting to track what your fitness is doing. Or are you only interested in what happens during a workout? If that's the case, maybe it's something you throw on simply to work out in. There are reasons why you might want your data throughout the day, not just when you're working out. And I can uh, Mm -hmm. can mention that a little later. So think about the form factor. Think about how you would use it. Think about uh, how obtrusive it might be. And realize the less obtrusive also means the less features, right? Yeah. Now, the more features, the bigger it's going to be and the more obtrusive. So you just kind of have to, to play that. Um, so right now, basically, the watches collect probably the most of any other form factor. They do. They do. Yeah, they, they've got the, I think, the ability to collect the most. I mean, certainly when I look at those others, you know, the earbud, the, the ring, those don't collect nearly as much data. Um, because, again, the smaller they are, too... And the access point that they have, you know, the finger is not going to tell you as much as the wrist can. Um, Mm -hmm. And the inner ear is not going to tell you as much. Plus, you're not always wearing an earbud, right? You're not always comfortable wearing that throughout the day. So, um, yeah, I think right now it's kind of risen to the top as the the easiest way to get people to have a device that senses lots of things about what their body is doing without being incredibly obtrusive um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uncomfortable. So. Okay. So the watch, the watch or the band seems to be the way to go, right? And is the placement of the fact that that the watch or band on your wrist, does the placement of the wearable on your body give you greater access to certain vitals and, and other things it's tracking? I mean, so is the location of where we normally wear a wristwatch an ideal location for collecting everything it's trying to collect? Yeah, for what for what it typically does, yes, right. Heart rate. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, well, think about it this way. If you if you went to go and check, uh, you know, a friend has a, has a heart issue and you're trying to check their pulse, where are you going to check it? You check their wrist or you check right underneath on their neck, right? Those are the two way, two areas in which the, uh, the blood flow is close to the close to the surface enough that you're able to get a pretty good idea of what's happening. Now, I will tell you from from a kinesiology perspective the ideal way to get heart rate is to put a chest strap on. And -hmm. still, if I was to test you in a lab and have you come in and we wanted to get accurate heart data, beat the beat data, I would put a chest strap on. Uh, The chest strap's going to be because you're closest to the heart and that's what you're trying to measure. The wrist, okay, the wrist is great because the blood flows through the wrist, okay, and it flows pretty close to the surface. You look at your wrist and you can see, okay, your blood vessel's pretty close to the surface there. The problem is that if you have a circulation issue, say you have a circulation issue in your right arm, okay, well, it's not going to be measuring accurately what your heart is doing, but it is going to tell you that if that data is off a little bit, it's going to tell you, hey, you got a circulation issue, right? So, of course, that gives you some more data. So, if it really was the most accurate way of getting heart data, it's going to be a chest strap because you're going to get the sensor as close to the chest as possible. There are cool other devices. I didn't talk about these too much because they're really not mainstream yet, but... You know, some of the big companies like Adidas and all of that, they put out uh, these shirts, these workout shirts that are really, really tight workout shirts, but they have sensors throughout the shirt. So, of course, it's measuring contraction of, you know, rate of breath because it can tell like how how much your chest is expanding and contracting as well as the heart rate or as well as these other things. So that's really, really cool. But that's not that. I mean, it's not really something that is mainstream, right? People aren't going to be wearing that all the time. It's not as easy to go swimming and wear that or to do other things. So, so wrist seems to be kind of the the best and simplest um, yeah. together. Kind of uh, a good trade off in that you know it's not going to get everything, but right. or it's not the most reliable. But right. when you trade off with convenience and what is accessible to people, it, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and when in a minute we'll talk about what some of those measures are because I think that's a big factor. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, you can get data overload with a lot of these. They'll say, "Oh, we measure this, 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 and this," and that sounds great, but we ought to talk about do you really care what those data points are or is that just going to overload you to where you're, you know, really going to kind of ignore the important things. So, 
Yeah. Um, so Brian, what are in the wearable space right now? Kind of who, who, who are the big players? Who, who are the, who are the, who are the names and the brands that are kind of doing some really good stuff in terms yeah. of wearables uh, for health and fitness? Well, let me start with kind of historically, uh, the company Polar was a really big player in this, in this market. They were actually the only Polar, player. Like Polar, P-O-L-A-R. P-O-L-A-R. Yeah. Polar, uh, Polar was the heart rate king, right? They were the heart rate wearables king for a long time and, uh, and still do an outstanding job. Uh, if I'm collecting data in a lab, I generally have my participants wearing a polar heart rate monitor because it's a watch in a chest strap and the chest strap again, being the most accurate way. Um, and those, those devices have improved greatly. Now they're Bluetooth. Now you can actually wear a chest strap without a watch and be able to save it and have it go straight to your phone. So that's kind of a nice thing. Um, so, but Polar is really known for not a day-to-day collection piece, but of a workout collection. They are really kind of a workout, <clears throat> a yeah. workout monitor system. And then it started to get a little bit more mainstream. So you started to see uh, companies like Garmin. Okay, Garmin is a really um, a great fitness-based company. So they are they are really well known in this space for uh, very high-level devices and ones that are going to give you uh, ideal data <clears throat> for working out and exercising and kind of peak performance. They're not really a company you go with for just a day-to-day wear a watch. I think there are less expensive ways to go. But if you're someone who, you know, is training for marathons, you're someone who's uh, looking at uh, uh, triathlons, you know, uh, cycling, right? Garmin is Garmin is kind of the lead, the lead uh, players in that. And now you've got s- some of the tech companies that have really got into play. Obviously, we talked about the Apple Watch. Samsung has their Galaxy line of, of watches that kind of does a similar thing. Um, <clears throat> and we'll talk about them being as... They started as more tech watches mm-hmm. that added in health sensors. And now there's kind of become a balance, right? Of, you know, Apple obviously is really well known now for not only having great interactivity technology, but also having really good uh, uh, health sensors. So they, they've seemed to mm-hmm. make a focus on health, which has been great. <clears throat> the other one that people have, have heard of, I'm sure, and, and it's a little bit more of an entry level, uh, is Fitbit. And I love what Fitbit has done over the years because they did allow people to just get simple, you know, uh, inexpensive ways of gathering this data, heart rate, um, uh, pedometers. And initially their, their, their wristbands were just pedometers, you know, it's like, hey, wear this, look down every once in a while, see how close you are to your 10,000 steps. And that was it. And it Basically. gave you a notification, say you hit it, right? So. Well, it's almost, and I think the Fitbit was probably the one that really got the consumer space thinking a little bit more about wearables. I mean, Absolutely. Fitbit was around before Apple introduced or Apple Watch, before Galaxy really kind of rolled out their line of wearables. So that was really the first one I think that got a lot of consumer consciousness of, okay, if I just buy this little inexpensive band and wear it, I'll at least know how I'm doing on movement and pay um, steps and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the day. So, yeah. And there are others out there, but I think those are the big players, right? I mean, again, historically polar, I think Garmin, you know, those are both really known for people who are interested in high performance uh, and really high level fitness. Um, Not to say other people can't use them, but they are expensive for, for just using as an entry. Fitbit sure. is great. Fitbit is great for the entry level, um, and it has a couple of high end uh, features that can uh, can be done as well. And then you've got the the tech companies who have really kind of uh, jumped on this. Samsung, I think, is lagging behind quite a bit. I think yeah. they did it because they had to and they needed to keep up. But Apple Apple's watch has really really taken off. So. Well, and I do think it's interesting with the Apple Watch. I know when the Apple Watch, I mean, it was rumored for quite a while when it was actually released. I know some of the the pushback it got from a lot of tech circles and maybe uh, consumers is that it didn't do enough as a as a as a as a wow. companion watch piece. Yeah, but really, Apple was pitching it as a fitness device yeah. primarily. I felt like that was really what they were focused on. The fact that it told time had other apps on it that you could interact with your phone were more additional benefits. And really it was a, no, you wear this because of the sensors, because of the tracking, because of everything else. Um, Now they've worked on adding more to the Apple watch to make it even more productively useful, but the still been the main focus has been, 
health and fitness tracking on, on the device, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I well, I could almost argue that for a long time, I think the fitness people felt like Apple was trying to to toe the line a little too much and wasn't jumping full on into the health, but also, yeah. I mean, you know, I will say from a you know, if you were a fitness trainer or a fitness professional and you were trying to work with people and wanted them to have access to their data, Apple Watch is fantastic. However, the downside is that, you know, now you're talking about a distraction on your wrist as well, right? Whereas if that watch, all it was doing is collecting data and it wasn't giving you notifications, it wasn't allowing you to check your email, it wasn't doing whatever, there's a mental health thing where people are saying that maybe that's even a bit much. The beauty is it's all controllable, right? You can go in and set it up to be just a watch and only collect some data. Um, so to me, I'm the, the techie in me says, I'd rather have access to more things and then customize it the way I want to. So it's not a distraction in my life if I want. Yeah, whether you choose to acknowledge it or use it or not, I still think I'm with you. I'd rather yep. know that capability is there than not. Yeah. I'd be much more in favor, I know it's a higher cost, but of a watch that is able to do other things versus even though it's less expensive, a more dedicated just pedometer device or yep. tracking device. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say right now, just to keep it simple with these companies, <clears throat> if I was jumping in and I wanted access to as much data as possible for a somewhat decent price, I feel I feel like you've got two options. You've got kind of Apple Watch does a fantastic job and it's it's more technology than simply just fitness. And then Garmin. I think Garmin right now does a fantastic job of gathering lots of data. And um, and if you're someone who's really interested in knowing what's going on with your body, you know, I think Garmin has, has started to do a, a great job with that. So um, with those situations, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the things we're measuring, but I mean, what's really the kind of the, the array of things that these devices are designed to measure? Like, what is it? And um, we talked steps. We've heard steps a lot. It can make, track movement. But uh, I, I'm curious kind of what the array of things that they cover and, and track for us right now. Yeah. So let's, so I tried to make a list of some, uh, and I, this is not all inclusive, but it it does. Th- this is These are going to be the ones you see promoted quite a bit. It's a heart rate, obviously, right? And I think most of them have gotten, gotten really, really good at measuring heart rate. Um, the optical sensors where they're basically using light, and kind of there's a light emitted underneath your uh, your watch into your wrist, and it's basically looking at the blood flow and seeing how uh, how fast the blood is flowing and pumping back and forth. So it's able to measure a, to a pretty good degree the heart rate. And we've done some studies on comparing a chest strap to the wrist watches. They've gotten much better and much more uh, valid in terms of that measure. Ten years ago. You would you would not have used a wristwatch to do any sort of scientific data. Now you're you're getting closer. You're getting much better. So uh, to heart rate's a good one, and and honestly, I would say anybody looking into a fitness watch these days, get one that measures heart rate because it doesn't cost you that much more to get something that has a heart rate. So if you're doing a Fitbit and then a Fitbit with a with heart rate. I would do the heart rate because it at least gives you some more information about what's going on. And of course, we know what heart rate does, right? It tells you how hard your body is working. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to know that? You probably want to know, uh, well, two things, right? Everybody thinks about like, how hard am I working? So I, when I go for a workout, I'd like to be able to look down and see, am I, am I working hard enough? What's my heart rate? And we almost take a challenge to try to get our heart rate up. But I think probably even more importantly, Alan, you said you wear your watch at night. To me, what's more important is actually looking at what your resting heart rate is. And your mm-hmm. resting heart rate is how how much is your heart beating when you're not doing anything? Because mm-hmm. when you get fit, if you start improving your fitness, then your resting heart rate goes down. It means your system is more efficient to where if I'm just laying down in bed, and the best way to get a resting heart rate is first thing in the morning, you haven't even gotten out of bed yet. You haven't even started to move yet. You just woke up, uh, open your eyes, and you look at your watch to try to see what's my heart rate. And, you know, you want to see that go from 70 down to 50, 40, you know, somewhere in there. And that's just a measure of your overall uh, cardiovascular fitness. Okay. So, so heart rate's a big one. Uh, The other things I think you'll, you'll see and probably get a lot of benefit out of uh, if you're someone that 
would like to be able to measure movement. So maybe uh, cycling, you know, going and looking at distance. Well, having a GPS a GPS sensor in there is going to be pretty pretty beneficial. Um, okay. If you don't have it, then again, you're going out for a run. So Alan, let's say you're wearing a, a fitness watch right now and you go out for a run and it doesn't have a GPS monitor. It's still going to be able to give you how far you ran, but it's estimating that based off of how many steps did you take? And generally it asks you how long your legs are or how long, how long your normal stride is when you're running. So it's just guessing. It's like, oh, well, you took 3000 steps and we think that each one of your steps is generally around three feet. So this is how far you ran, right? So people are going to get a lot of different information. You run uphill, you have shorter steps, you run downhill, you have longer steps. So that's really off. If you have GPS, what GPS, just like your phone does, is going to tap in and say, you just went from here to here to here to here, and we know exactly how far that is, okay, which is really helpful. So I think if you're into running, cycling, uh, getting something with GPS built in is helpful. So, okay, um, cool. Accelerometers, right? Uh-huh. Do you know what an accelerometer is? I'm assuming you've heard of that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard about it from like phone technology, just yeah. this idea yeah. of if if you're moving, it's kind of detecting speed you're moving at and, yep. and so forth. So yeah. 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 So an accelerometer is just it's just that. It tells you how much is this thing accelerating in one direction or another. And you're right, the phones use it and it's great. We often don't realize why the or how how we know the phones are using them. You know, if you reach down and grab your phone and you lift it up and the screen comes on, well, mm-hmm. that's because of an accelerometer. The accelerometer is kind of like a um, like a thermostat sensor that has a little you know, bead of liquid in the thermostat that when it, you know, tilts one way, the bead slides over and triggers something. It's like having a little, you know, a moving ball in there that if you were to move it, the ball shifts and it says, ah, you just moved, right? You just shifted weight that way. Accelerometers are nice because um, it's going to give you additional information regarding uh, wrist movement. So if you go out for a run, so rather than just feeling how many steps you took, it's going to give you a better idea of how fast you're moving, right? How fast between each step you're moving, how much acceleration you're creating under each uh, movement pattern. So, and also realize if you don't have an accelerometer, okay, then that convenience of being able to lift your wrist and having the watch turn on when you lift your wrist doesn't happen. And that's really, really important, right? Yeah. Um, so accelerometers, uh, the other things that you'll see are, are a little bit more kind of higher level, things like uh, altimeters, right? If you're someone who is a runner and uh, or a cyclist that actually wants to recognize or a hiker and you want to know how much elevation you've climbed or gained, then you need an altimeter built in, something that's going to tell you. Without an altimeter, it doesn't really know if you're going up or down height-wise on on, on- right. Right. It knows if you're moving left or right with the accelerometer, but it doesn't know up or down. Correct. Yeah. So an altimeter would help you know at the end of the day how many uh, stairs you climbed. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I, some people are going to probably think, well, wait a minute. I can, you know, my, uh, my watch doesn't have an altimeter, and yet I can tell how much elevation gain I gathered. Well, if you have a GPS, and GPS is somewhat accurate to know that that location is higher than this location, then it can guess how much you climbed, how much you've cycled. But a GPS can't tell you whether you walked up and down the stairs in your building 20 times that day, right? Because GPS doesn't know those stairs and where you are uh, in in relationship to them. So altimeter is good if you are someone who wants a really accurate measure of climbing, uh, descending, you know, things like running and cycling are helpful. Yeah. Uh, temperature can be helpful and temperature is something that a lot of them are either going to estimate or, uh, potentially going to add in. Uh, I know the Apple watch will do this. It doesn't really build it into a lot of the data it gives, but it's still going to give you, can give you an idea of, you know, how, you know, how, uh, the skin temperature that it's connecting to, or at least the temperature of the watch as it changes. Yeah. So we are talking temperature of your body, not yeah, yeah or at least temperature of the watch that's estimating the temperature since it's against your body, okay. right? It's telling you uh, how uh, how warm you've gotten, all of that. So that's another measure that could help. Um, the last two I think are are kind of cool, and from a kinesiology perspective, they're ones I really I love, but I'm not sure that every consumer needs to worry about them. 
the first one is GSR, and this is something that is not done very well with watches right now, and I'm hoping it will be eventually. Um, but GSR stands for galvanic skin response. And what that is, is um, it's everybody knows what a lie detector is, right? You sit down and you've got these uh, connections to your fingertips and uh, it's telling you whether or not you're lying. Well, part of what it's gathering there is, is galvanic skin response. And when you when you get nervous, so Alan, right now, if someone were to jump from behind you and scare you, your skin really, really quickly kind of prepares itself to sweat. So it the pores open up and mm-hmm. it says, oh, oh gosh, I'm freaked out a little bit, which is basically saying I'm getting ready to sweat. Well, that's GSR. GSR changes really quickly. Um, the reason I say this is important, it's not that important to working out, okay? And it's actually not something you need to worry about when you're working out, this kind of really, really uh, quick changes in skin response. But it would be incredibly cool to know for mental health, for uh, stress, mm-hmm. right? I mean, throughout the day, if I were to show you, Alan, that your you know, skin response was really, really high and stayed high throughout the day, then I could say, well, you, you were kind of anxious all day. Right. This was a measure of anxiety, right? A measure of potential stress response that's happening. Um, sure. Dallin, did we talk about, I think it was a couple of years ago, what I had, um, uh, I had looked into a watch that had come out by a small company called, I think it was called Basic, maybe. And I think you and I may have talked about it. I can't remember, but I tried maybe. it. Um, I don't recall. I'm sorry. But this, this watch, and this was before Apple Watch kind of came, came about and being a, a, a kind of the ideal device. But this watch basic had all of these things built in. It was one of the only devices that I saw that actually would measure GSR. It would measure heart rate and measure all these things. And it's basic. Well, it's called basic, but it's, it's objective was we're going to give you an idea of your health throughout the day, mental and physical well-being. Right. So at the end of the day, again, it gave you a score that said, Today was a very stressful day, right? And so it's encouraging you to take some relaxation time that night. Or you worked out really hard, and look at that. Your response afterwards is that you're feeling much less stressed, so you need to work out more, right? So it was really more of a total health, which I think is cool. Yeah. Uh, Last thing I'll mention, just in terms of health sensors uh, and people, the reason I bring this one up is this is getting a lot of press right now, uh, pulse Mm -hmm. oximeters, and that's looking at the amount of oxygen in your blood. So as you get more oxygen in your blood, then you're you're being healthier. You're actually able to use that oxygen in your, um, uh, in being able to uh, enhance your uh, performance. People may have heard of things like VO2 max. I'm not sure if you've heard that term before, but that's that's kind of the ideal way of measuring someone's fitness. And what that means is VO2 max, the volume of oxygen, the maximum oxygen. It basically says, Alan, if you're really fit, okay, so let's, let's throw a scenario here out here. Let's just say you're really cardiovascularly fit, okay? Well, when you're fit, what it means is when you take a breath, all that oxygen comes in and you actually use it because it goes out to your, because you're, you're efficient and that the oxygen gets in your blood and your muscles can actually work longer than mine, right? Whereas if I'm not as fit, I pull in oxygen and then I spit it right back out because my body isn't using it very efficiently. So as you get fitter, it means when you work out, you're actually able to work out longer because you're able to use that oxygen, right? So that's called VO2 max. Like, do you have a higher VO2 max? Well, pulse oximeters are, are ways that they can look at the blood flow to see, do you have more oxygen flowing in your blood, right? Uh, now, the other reason this one's coming out is this is the, one of the big things that uh, has come up with COVID recently is with people suffering from COVID, they always say, test your blood ox ox level, which are usually the finger sensors. And it's telling you whether your blood oxygen level is getting low. And if it's getting low, then you're having issues. You're not bringing in oxygen and using it effectively. So therefore you can be compromised. So, so anyway, those are, those are the big ones that I think people are going to promote, you know, heart rate, obviously GPS, um, accelerometers, those are almost a given, a given you, right. You probably, if you're going to do a real fitness sensor, probably need those three. The others are great to have, um, if they can be built in for the price. So not necessarily essential, but just good to have. Yeah. I think, I mean, the beauty is right now, if we know, if you know heart rate and you can look at heart rate on a consistent basis and you can see, Hey, I just worked out this amount and my heart rate went to here. 
it's going to give you an idea of progress with fitness over time. <clears throat> because if you can go do the same workout, Alan, if you if you go do your, say you've got a two mile loop that you will uh, go out and run and you do it weekly, it's the same loop, it's all the time. But as you go on, if you're, your heart rate is lower doing that same run at the same speed, it means you got fitter, right? So of course, being able to measure how far you went, how fast you went, and how how much work you had to put into it cardiovascularly to do it means you get a pretty good idea of fitness, right? And you can improve that. Cool. So, yeah. Unfortunately, right. there really isn't anything right now for weight. And that's that's one of the things I'd love to see, you know, an enhancement of. I know Apple Watch is starting to look at maybe uh, uh, the uh, looking at measure measures for diabetes, Right. And trying to see when the, the, the sugar levels are changing and be able to notify you of that. I think those are the really, really cool things that are coming in the future as technology gets there. Uh, but right now, it's a lot of them are just built around fitness and performance. Okay. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about some other things that these wearable devices, especially on the watch and bands, can do in addition to tracking all of that health related data. So let's take a quick break and yep. come back follow up with some additional features of these wearable items, some things to keep in mind if you're deciding what direction you want to take with uh, getting into one of these devices. And then, as always, we're going to end up the show with our uh, Brothers in Tech suggestions, our bits. Uh, Brian and I will both be sharing a recommendation based on the subject of this episode, either an app, a website, a tool, a hardware, whatever it may be, at the end of the episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But otherwise, we'll be right back in just a moment with Brothers in Tech. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech. Alan and Brian Jackson here talking with you about health and fitness, more specifically, uh, the, the actual wearable devices, what they do, what they measure, how you could use them in a health and fitness routine. Uh, so Brian just finished kind of schooling me a little bit on the different form factors, some of the major vendors that are now putting out these devices, and what these devices generally can measure, or at least what many of them will measure and then some more specifically, some additional measures they can give you. So, Brian, all that's great, okay? Let's just for a second, though, assume that I'm someone who says, hey, you know that, that health and fitness tracking is really cool, but that's not the reason I'm, I would ever buy a device by itself. What are some things that, you know, are there additional features or benefits to having some of these wearable devices that come with that, the form factor, or come with the technology that we can make use of? So you're saying for you, you don't really care about the fitness as much. What else, what else would this thing do for you? How, how do I sweeten the pot? Right. I turned off fitness tracking like the day I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't want to know. Don't tell right. me. Heart rate. Me. Nope. Uh, GSR. Nope. Turn it all off. Right. Just, all just, is oh, there I'm a game? Not. Are there games on this thing? Um, no, actually, I, I think it's, yeah. I think it's actually a, yeah. I think it's a really good question, right? It's like, all right, most of these heart rate or most of these monitors are going to give you enough for what, you know, you might want out of this, like heart rate, GSR, or I'm a GPS, right? Accelerometer. So what you're saying is you've got maybe five options ahead of you, in front of you. They all do the same fitness things. What else? What else can sweeten the deal, right? What else can make that decision for you? Um, and so I think... If, if you want to stay in the fitness realm for just a second, mm -hmm. I think one really important piece is, do you actually want uh, this to interact with more fitness devices than just, you know, your watch, right? Do you want your watch to be something that just measures what you're doing? Or do you actually want some in expandability? Okay. For example, what if I were to go to the gym and hop on a bike and the bike has some cool features of like... Uh, you know, what the track is that I'm, you know, trying to ride through on this bike, it'd be really cool if it could then connect to my watch to be able to, you know, gather some of that data. Or, Alan, if I'm on a stationary bike, I could be pedaling really hard or I could be pedaling really slow and my heart rate is only going to tell me how hard I'm working. It's not telling me how fast I'm going and whether or not I've improved my, uh, 
the uh, the performance on that. So I would say if you're interested in that, if you're interested in things like cycling, expandability of your watch is really helpful. So is it something that could connect to another sensor like a shoe sensor? Um, or is it a closed off, locked out? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. as I said, I mean, it, if, if I'm going in cycling outdoors, it's not that big of a deal because GPS is going to tell me how far I went. It's going to tell me whether I went up and down hills. And then my heart rate's going to tell me how hard I had to work. <clears throat> but if you're someone like me during this COVID time, I've spent all my cycling time in the garage on a, on a uh, stationary bike. Well, stationary yeah. bikes, GPS doesn't help you, right? So it doesn't tell you when anywhere. Um, but what would be really helpful to know is, well, how fast was I pedaling? Because if I was pedaling faster, then it makes sense that my heart rate went up. But if I was pedaling slower and my heart rate went up, that's potentially a problem unless I'm having to, you know, work harder. So it's 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 cool if you really want to expand your knowledge of what's happening to potentially use other devices, right, uh, and uh, expand that capability. So I think expandability is one thing. Again, if all you care about, if you're a runner, uh, if you're wanting to care about just going throughout your day and try to see about your fitness, then you probably don't need expandability. Um, The next one I think is pretty important, Alan, which is, uh, this is actually for me is a, is a deal breaker, water resistant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you want something that's not just splash resistant. If you're someone who potentially wants to wear this all day, wear it in the shower, you want to wear, maybe you're a swimmer, uh, maybe you're someone who is going to go out and you know, uh, uh, get caught in a downpour, right? If you don't want to have to be worried about, is that device okay? Then you want something that is, is water resistant. And luckily most of them have gone to that recently to allow you to do it. Yeah, I know there's a difference between waterproof and water yeah. resistant. So yeah. waterproof is truly water is not supposed to get into the device in any way, shape or form and affect it. Water resistant. Like I mean, water resistant can almost. Yeah, yeah. It's more like it's not meant for holding under running water for several minutes, right? Or submerging underwater and holding for a time. Yeah, it's more of a you're walking through the rain. You've got you know other things happening that could get on your watch. Your watch is going to be a little more protected about that. Yeah, and, and not yep. as, as as sensitive to rain and water if it's if it's resistant at least. Right. Yeah. And if it. Yeah. You're right. If you say if you see water resistant. You don't have to worry about rain. You don't necessarily have to worry about washing your hands, all of that. It's going to be fine. Where, and everybody knows this terminology, right? It usually says waterproof up to a certain uh, mm-hmm. depth. And, you know, we, we know that why that is, right? I mean, as you get deeper in the water, there's more pressure on the device. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're someone who's going to scuba dive, of course, you need a certain <laughs> amount of waterproof that's going to go up to that that depth, right? If you're just going to be swimming, as long as you've got waterproof up to what five meters then you're you're perfectly fine right you're not going to have any issues there so but i i'm one who i did not want to have a device a technological device that i was worried about hey did i just jump in the water or did it just drop into the bath oh crap right like my my phone right my phone sure it's finally gotten water resistant but man how scary it is to have technology around water if you don't know that it's going to uh, be able to, to solve because we're spending a lot of money on these things. Um, so what I think are my, other just, features are just kind of kind of list for us some different features that the wearable devices could also have on them. Say it again. Uh, just you, we want to just kind of run through, just kind of list of some additional features yeah. and things that uh, well, that notifications could have on them. Mm-hmm. Notifications maybe uh, yeah. could be one, right? I mean, I think. It's kind of sad from a fitness perspective, but we probably could use the ability to know, did someone just text me? Um, I know about you, Alan, but to me, that's one of the nice parts about having uh, a watch on is that I don't have to pull my phone out all the time. Yeah. I can just know, hey, that came in. Don't need to bother it. Don't need to wear it or don't need to uh, to pull the phone out. Um, I think that um, having things that some storage might be helpful in certain situations. There are certain devices that have music capabilities where you could actually store music on them or store your workouts for a longer period of time before you download anything. I think if you're somebody who wants to just wear this and have backup data or you want to be able to stream music from your watch to your wireless headphones, that to me is a really, really cool thing. So I don't have to carry my phone with me in order to be able to to have music. Um, Right. uh, Oh, another big one, feedback. Okay, this is another fitness kind of 
uh, piece here, but I think all the devices have their own way of giving you feedback. For example, you could set on uh, Garmin, you could say, hey, tell me when I've reached my 10,000 steps, you know, notify me so that you can pat me on the back or tell me when I'm not getting anywhere close to it so that you can motivate me to do it, right? So you can get some feedback of what's happening. Uh, I think Apple has done the best job with this recently, which is, hey, we have rings and we're going to give you updates throughout the day. We're going to tell you if you've, you're hitting certain goals and it constantly changes that feedback, which I think is helpful. Um, yeah. You mentioned sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sleep tracking is something that, you know, for, for many of you uh, may be a, uh, a useful thing. Um, non, non-fitness based, some of them now are allowing you contactless payment, which I think is incredibly cool for even a COVID, COVID environment now is that I can go out and actually use my watch to pay. Watch or wearable becomes something you can basically swipe up by a barcode or yep. hold up an NFC reader and it's going to do your transaction for you. Yeah. Make it super you know, super simple to be able to do that. So, so I think, yeah. you know, those are all the things that I think are really helpful to, to know uh, when you're looking at a device, you know, take a look at the storage, take a look at the notification options, take a look at water resistance. Does it expand? Can it connect with other things like ant ant plus is a type of thing that, that as uh, uh, a type of sensor that Garmin works with, will it allow me to make payments? Will it allow me to, Oh, uh, I didn't mention, but, certainly battery life. And that's going to be kind of one of my key considerations, but I might as well use it as a feature. Check the battery life because there is a wide, wide difference across these devices in terms of battery life. Okay. Is it something that's going to last you more than a day or is it something that's going to last you so that you don't have to take it off as often? So I think those are the- I mean, I have an, I have an Apple watch series three, Yep, I believe. And uh, my my watch battery is doing okay. I mean, I leave it charging in the morning when I'm getting ready after going to the gym and coming back and, and showering and all that. And normally if I do that, the watch is good until late evening if I'm using, if I tap on it at all or doing anything through the day. If I don't interact with it at all, if I just have it on my wrist, it can normally last the whole day and through the whole night. Yeah. Um, for me. So it just, uh, yeah, but I know those first couple of seasons, first couple of iterations of the Apple watch, they got a lot of flack for not being batteries that could last you all day, which yep. is really key. I think. <clears throat> yep. And I think, I mean, Alan, one consideration, if you, if you were looking at a, a, uh, a fitness device and you are someone who is interested in cycling or hiking, or maybe you're looking at running a marathon one day, these sorts of things that last a really long time, you know, like getting out on your, your bike and maybe you go for, you know, a long day, day bike trip, you know, something like an Apple watch is not going to work well for you because when you turn on tracking and you go for, uh, you know, a marathon that was going to last you anywhere from two to, you know, seven hours for some people, it's not going to be able to track that long. And because the tracking takes up a lot of battery, uh, life. Um, so, uh, keep that in mind. But if you're someone who just wants to go throughout the day on a normal, maybe one workout a day for an hour, Apple Watch does just fine. It's just you're going to have to charge it every day or or at least every other day. So, And it's something I've had to kind of teach myself to get used to doing because it used to be I'd sleep sleep without the watch on. I'd put it on my watch charger and it would just charge all night. And I'm obviously good for the next day. But now that I want to use it for some sleep analysis, it is posing a little bit more of a challenge of figuring out how to when to, when to recharge it every yeah. day. Yeah. So can I maybe so, wrap up with like what my considerations are, right? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned like these features, but I was really trying to sit down and say, if I was to advise someone on what to consider when uh, purchasing uh, a device like this. My first one would be price because there's a big difference. Getting an Apple Watch when you would have been just fine with a Fitbit, you know, is quite a bit of a difference, right? Probably at a fifth of the price to to get something that's uh, in the Fitbit realm. So look at price, um, look at form factor. Are you someone who wants or is okay with a larger form factor on your wrist? Or would you rather have something a little bit less or more discreet, something you don't mind sleeping with, something you don't mind keeping all the time? Um, Battery life, as I mentioned before, huge, huge issue. And just take a look at what are you planning to do with it? Mm -hmm. Because I'm one of these people that 
I don't want to take this watch off all day. I, I want to actually understand my health throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And if I have to continue to take it on and off when I'm working out, when I'm not working out, charge it, it's not going to make much sense. So, yeah. um, uh, can it be customizable? Some of them are just set and said, this is what we give you. And mm-hmm. there's no other way of kind of tweaking that. Look for customization. If you feel like you're somebody who wants a certain kind of information versus another, um, will it interact with your watch? Okay. Are there things like, will it tell you that a text has come in and are you using it so that you then don't have to have your phone out, which I think is a positive, um, you know, is there a customization? Can you actually reply to a text? Some of them mm-hmm. can, some of them just see it. Others can, you can actually say, oh, let me give an emoji back or let me give a, a quick response back, which is, again, helpful if you're out on a run or you're out on a walk and you would like to not have your, you know, your uh, phone pull it out and, and working with that. Sure. And then yeah. I guess, are there any other pieces of equipment that you want to connect with? So those are my, those are my big considerations, probably in that order. Price, form factor, Price, battery first. life form factor battery life and whether or not you can customize or how it's going to connect to other other services or equipment yeah okay yeah man you can tell i got excited about this right i've been i've been prepping for it right are you still are you still with me alan you still with me i might might have nodded off for a few minutes i'm not Mm -hmm. sure i i I need to actually listen back to the episode and see what i missed (laughs) luckily your watch was taking the the data so we can go back and look and see if you flatlined at any point in time during that so I'm going to look back and see what my sleep analysis is. It's, the last <laughs> it's like, wow, you just slept in the middle of the day. Uh, right I was going to sleep in the middle of the day. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm joking, but it's all really good information. And again, I, I just, my wearable experience is so, so small with just an Apple watch and that's all I've used and that's all I'm aware of. Um, it's really interesting, all the things. I didn't realize all the measures that these devices are kind of collecting or have the capability of collecting now. Yeah. yeah. the past. That's great. So that's our kind of our first topic on the actual wearables themselves, kind of explaining that. As we get into some other episodes, we're going to talk about some of the apps that you can get, mobile apps that will help you with tracking or helping guide you on your health and fitness goals. And then we're going to go a little further deeper into services like online services, subscription-based services or programs that uh, you could you could get into as well that kind of help elevate your fitness routine. And then we'll even get to a point where we start talking about other types of devices that you could have in your home that are meant for measuring or, or guiding you on your health and fitness goals that are not wearables. Um, some other things that fitness equipment and how they're kind of tapping into technology and becoming a better connected fitness environment for your home. So, so those will be some future topics we get into and explore over the next few weeks. So if you'd really would like to learn a little bit more about health and fitness, that would be a great way to go is to start listening to our next follow-up episodes on this main episode. But Brian, we always close out the show with a brothers in tech suggestion, something uh, you and I independently come up with a suggestion of something we think might fit into the topic area that we just discussed. And uh, so, Brian, how about uh, you go first with your brothers in tech suggestion? All right. Well, so we talked about wearables. We talked about kind of the different um, sensors that can be built into some of these wearables. So I, I wanted to... Uh, make my suggestion something that is pretty high end. And I do apologize in advance that it's pretty expensive. It's $400, uh, $400 watch. But when you're talking about the features that can come into a watch like this, uh, the Garmin Instinct Solar. Now I don't have this. I'm going to go ahead and be completely upfront. I do not have this watch. Um, however, I have had several Garmin's in the past. I think I've had at least, at least three, um, the Vivo active and, uh, some of the, I think Vivo active HR. Um, but I found this one online because I do love Garmin. I think what they do is really, really great. They, they kind of provide you a lot of data. They're really good for people that are, are want to take kind of their fitness pretty seriously. But the one that stood out about this one, it's got a lot of sensors, but notice the term I gave, right? Garmin instinct solar, and this one is one that has uh, the ability to use solar to keep the battery life up. So this is a solar power fitness watch. It has GPS, heart rate, uh, an altimeter, compass, accelerometer, temperature, pulse oxy- uh, uh, oxygenation, as we talked about. 
can even give you some of the notifications, some weather, all that sort of stuff. So this is really made for kind of that outdoor enthusiast. Maybe you go out and you go camping for several days. You don't have to worry about the battery life. The battery life is actually rated as either 24 to 56 days on battery, assuming that you have at least three hours of light a day that it has access to. Three hours of light a day is what it needs in order to give you enough power for 24 to 56 days of battery. So you could be out and about in the wilderness. And as long as you have, you know, some access to light, uh, you could keep this thing going. You don't have to worry about changing a battery. Um, So it's incredibly cool. And I, like I said, Garmin does a great job. Their interactive uh, or their, their, uh, their system, their mobile app is really good to be able to keep track of, uh, of your data over time. But if you're somebody who is looking for battery life and you're looking for lots of features and you really take fitness seriously, I think, uh, I think this would be a great, uh, a great option. Expensive, but again, you're getting so many cool things out of it. So it sounds like the Garmin Instinct Solar. Oh, very cool. Interesting. Now, Alan, I really am excited to hear about your bit because I think, mm-hmm. you know, you being the fitness guru that you are, um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear what, what is so, your suggestion for us right now? So, um, there's a TV show called Ted Lasso on Apple TV plus. And on that show, people play, um, European football and it's great because you can watch people doing some running around and, and fitness and exercising and you yourself don't have to do anything except just watch. So that is my Apple, t- my, that is my brother's in tech suggestion because I'm already exhausted just hearing about fitness and health for the last half hour, 45 minutes. So I'm recommending Ted Lasso on Apple TV plus you can get it for a four ninety nine subscription to Apple TV plus, or if you buy a Mac device, Hey, if you buy an Apple watch, I think you get Apple TV free for uh, maybe a year, if I remember correctly. Wow. So anyway, wow. that's a so you buy the Apple Watch, you turn off yeah. all the fitness features, yeah. and I you mean, get and you get Ted Lasso so that you can at least watch someone else working out. That's right. I, okay. I I, Domino's, um, Domino's has an Apple Watch app, so honestly, you could you could sit in your den, you could order a pizza, I believe, from your Apple Watch. If I remember if I, last time right. I tried to, right. and you get uh, Ted Lasso for free on your Apple TV Plus, and it's a fun show. It's great. It's fun. Fun, heartwarming story and show. Highly recommended. Eight episodes. It's about a 30, 45 minutes each episode. A lot of entertainment. So that's yeah. my that's my health and fitness recommendation, wow. brothers and suggestion for this episode. Yeah, you you amaze me, Alan. That is uh that's the 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 connections you just made there. That's pretty that's pretty bright. Now, really quickly, I will just say, by the way, Ted Lasso is fantastic. I mean, Isn't people pe- people who 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 are kind of poo-pooing Ted Lasso. It is, it is yeah. such a good heartwarming. Ted Lasso is a great show. Good, cleaned, good, clean fun. But as I've done this entire episode, carrying you through, I can see that your fitness, uh, your fitness bit there was pretty weak. So let what? me just give you another quick little, uh, a quick, um, bit here. So I mentioned this company a couple of, uh, episodes ago, Wise, and I mentioned them when we talked about personal, uh, listening devices, they've got some headphones that are coming out that just look awesome and pretty inexpensive. Okay. And I love that company. Uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, again, they're trying to make inexpensive ways of solving some things by creating technology and, and they're just not spending a ton of money on advertising and all that. So they can keep the cost down. Well, they have, if you're something that, if you're somebody who wants just an entry level fitness device, they have something called the wise band and it is, it's just a band, right? Very similar to what a Fitbit looks like, uh, but it has a color screen on it. So you actually get information, notifications, touch screen. Uh, it's actually got Alexa built in. So if you wanted to ask through your phone, so you have to have your phone close by, but you can talk to your watch and get information. Um, it's water resistant. Of course, it's going to give you all sorts of uh, small fitness level stuff, but for $25. So yeah, 25 bucks. And again, if I would, if I tell you anyone else, Hey, there's a fitness device that is 25 bucks, I would say that's pretty crappy. I wouldn't even touch it. Right. But I really like what wise is doing. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've worked with them through some customer support things with some devices I have, and uh, they're very responsive. So 
you know, check out the wise band. If you're someone who wants kind of a simple entry into, uh, you know, a fitness tracker, uh, it's certainly going to give you some, some information that can be helpful, but without the big price tag. So that's awesome. 25 yeah. bucks. I mean, you really can't beat that. So, or you sit down and watch Ted Lasso. So either one. Yeah. I mean, one. Ted Lasso is still, still, still my recommendation. I mean, it is fitness related somehow. So. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Yes. Somehow. There are people yeah. like running around on the show. I mean, it's great cinematography when you watch some of the game footage they have on there. It's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Brian, thank you for all the knowledge sharing, and all the uh, information. We're talking wearables on this episode uh, of our series on health and fitness. When we get back together again, we'll be talking about the mobile apps, some different mobile applications you can get on your phone or other mobile devices that are going to help with health and fitness needs. And then we'll still have a couple more deep dives to go after that as well. Uh, Brian, if somebody wanted to kind of give us some quick feedback on just this episode, though, how can they uh, how can they do that? Yeah, send us an email at info at the mesh TV. That's info at the mesh TV. Tell us uh well, tell us what shows you tend to watch instead of working out as you might uh, need to do. Or uh, tell us. Uh, I need more recommendations of shows. Let's spend the tell us what to do next to put off that workout. Yeah. Show recommendations, yeah. You know, or if you have some, uh, some workout suggestions, some fitness devices that you think would be helpful for us to know about uh, to pass on to our listeners. Uh, or uh, most importantly, tell us uh, what topics you want us to jump into in the future so that we can... Uh, uh, we can use our time talking to each other uh, to, to help you out. So info at the mesh.tv. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and sign off then. So thank you, Brian, for sharing some knowledge with us. And we'll look forward to talking again on this topic of health and fitness. Uh, for Brothers in Tech, this is Alan Jackson signing off. Thanks for listening. Take care and see you, Brian. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.